I'll be honest with you, rodeo season is about to kick off, and I am not a rodeo guy, uh, but I do like good cowboy boots. And Tacovas, well, they're all about rodeos, but you know what else they're about? Rock and roll. My best friend is a rock and roller. He's a guitarist. He wears these boots. It's awesome. Tacovas believes in Western for all, and you can feel that when you go into their stores. When you walk in, you'll be greeted like family. Offer to boot shine and drinks, yes, even the hard stuff if you prefer. And you can get custom fitted for a new pair of boots. You can even get custom leather stamping or branding that'll make your boots truly one of a kind. Look up your closest store on Tacovas.com. If you can't make it into the store, Tacovas delivers the most premium quality and most comfortable Western goods right to your door. Visit Tacovas.com. That's T E C O V A S.com. And Point your toes west. As a special opportunity for our listeners, Tacovas has said that they will throw in one of their best-selling trucker hats or ball caps for free into any minimum purchase of $100 on Tacovas.com. Just use the code TRUCKS at checkout. That's T-R-U-C-K-S. It's about a $30 value and they sell fast, so there are always new styles and looks. Again, for a limited time, just enter the code TRUCKS at checkout to add a free logo hat to your order as a one-time gift from Tacovas. Only at Tacovas.com. The legends are true. But overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Wow, what a week we've had in the automotive industry. (laughs) Most definitely, especially for trucks. And for those of you who enjoy a good taco or perhaps a cybernetic little boost, or or if you're into large Chevy trucks, this is your week. Yes. So this podcast, TFL Talking Trucks episode, is dedicated to three vehicles. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mainly, uh, I would like to discuss the Cybertruck. What is that? Well, because it, well, it's still kind of breaking the internet, but I think for the wrong reasons. Because mm-hmm. um, I want to title this episode "Top Ten Reasons Why We or Me Why I'm Disappointed About the Cybertruck." Top ten, mm-hmm. and I wanted to title it "Cybertruck." Uh, this is not a Cybertruck bashing completely no, it's not. episode I'm because there's a lot of good things that it also does. I, it's a bit of a 50 yeah. 50, but we're going to get to that in just a minute. But what else are we talking about? Tacoma. Ah, of course, so, the taco. So the new Tacoma, we have to mention it uh, because it's a best selling mid sized pickup truck. Right. And I actually have some counter things about that. Uh-huh. And also the refreshed Suburban and Tahoe, which are the best selling full size SUVs. That's right. Completely different nose and a lot of other new updates. Okay, so let's kick it off with the Cybertruck. And also, uh, I want to thank our Patreon supporters. Yeah, did you have anything to... uh... Uh, No. Okay. Uh, I've been 
digesting the Cybertruck news. And so I really apologize. I haven't been following the Patreon page. Okay, for those of you who don't know, uh, one of the things that Andre, Andre pretty much single-handedly takes care of a lot of the information that's coming into truck. Yes, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be talk nice about you for a minute. Thank you. And all of that has to happen at the same time that we're out there, oh, I don't know, in Moab, Utah, bouncing around in trucks, or buying trucks, or selling trucks, or breaking trucks, or fixing trucks, or going to the ranch, or transporting vehicles, getting the trailer loaded and unloaded, yes. doing the Ike Gauntlet, and all of that was Tuesday. And, and then Monday. Wednesday. <laughs> right, and Wednesday. And then Thursday, Cybertruck hit. And then Cybertruck hit. So yeah. if you're wondering, in terms of the amount of, the balance of material that's coming through here, it all has to filter through this man, uh, because I personally cannot be bothered. But more importantly, no, I'm just kidding. But more importantly, I mean, it's a lot of work. And so just so you understand, if there's ever, you know, a little bit of an imbalance, it's just he's doing the best he can to get all the information out to you as quickly as possible. Yes. Yeah, so next, on the next episode, we'll go deeper into the questions and comments. Yes. By the way, one of you guys on patreon.com slash tflcar uh, messaged us, mm -hmm. and we're buying an SUV from this gentleman. So, so it turns out to be not just a communication channel. Uh -huh. Now we're actually buying an SUV uh, this way. See, you can actually make money off TFL by becoming a Patreon. Um, I, we really do appreciate your support. Without your support, yeah, yeah. we could not be doing what we're doing right now. So thank you guys so yeah, much. Yeah, every little bit helps, really. It and, truly does. And we're really thankful. So, mm -hmm. all right. So let's kick it off with the Cybertruck because we've been waiting for this moment for four years, really, because in 2019 in November there was the first announcement of the Cybertruck, the concept. Mm -hmm. And it made many, many promises. And the reason what I'm basing this episode in my feeling about this is that a lot of those promises did not deliver. That is correct. So, so that's partially my disappointment. It's not that this may be a bad vehicle, because you and I haven't driven it yet, right? That's correct. Uh, but it's disappointing nonetheless. There are certain measurements, there are certain performance numbers, there are certain types of things that we were expecting from this vehicle, including price, that were nowhere near what was initially promised. And it's not that we're that surprised. Um, you know, the joke is, here I am waving my hand over my head and I'm coloring myself surprised. It's the painful reality to an awful lot of people who had those reservations that this isn't quite the vehicle that they were expecting. I think that that is part of it. But on the other side, there are a lot of things that this truck, which I'm going to call it a truck, and I'm being, I'm on the, are I know. Are you sure? Are you sure? I know, because okay. Elon Musk never called it a truck, apparently, or like only once out of 20 times. Yeah. He kept calling it a car. 95% of what Elon Musk called this vehicle, he said car. Yeah. So uh, I will say that um, a lot of you guys uh, may be rewarded by a very capable and high-tech vehicle. So keep that part in mind as well. Okay, yes. let's, let's move so, forward. So let's set the stage by how big this vehicle is because it's hard to put that in your brain, mm -hmm. right? So initially, four years ago, when Elon Musk and the Tesla executive team looked at this uh, issue or problem, right? They were trying to solve a problem because pickup trucks are the most popular vehicles in the United States. By a huge margin. Bar none. That's not a, you know argument. That's the fact. Yeah, yeah it is. Uh, F-Series, Silverado, Sierra, Ram pickup trucks. They're top three sellers. Right? Yep. So they're trying to have their own version of it. Mm -hmm. So solving that problem. Uh, electrified next generation pickup. So they chose a crew cab Ford F-150 short bed dimensions, which is about, what, 231 inches 
you know, yeah, yeah. almost 232 inches length and about 80 inches wide mm -hmm. without the, the mirrors. Um, and they said, those are our dimensions. We're going to build our own truck within that dimension. It's going to be a six-seater, six-seater. That's yep. what they promised. And it's going to have these big numbers that we'll go over. Yep. But the actual production truck is about eight or nine inches shorter. And it's no longer a six-seater. It's actually nearly 5% smaller in almost every measurable way. Which is not a bad thing. I'm just, this is setting the stage, it's, right? It, but it's moved really from the full-size segment closer to the mid-size segment. So yeah. that's A, you know, something that you guys should probably keep in mind. So it's about as long now as a long bed crew cap Tacoma, mm -hmm. which is really, like we said, the king of mid-size pickups. It is indeed. Right. So, so that's just setting the stage. Now... I've been working all night, so <laughs> I'm a little bit low on sleep. But how about we start with this? Um, when, you know, Elon and his team are up there on stage, they called it, you know, the product that only comes along every once in a decade, maybe. And they called it game changing. But is it really now a game changer? And I don't think so. Yeah. So well, let's examine what a game changer okay. is. A game changer is a vehicle. We're just talking about cars, cars sure. and trucks. Uh, that comes along that is doing things differently and setting a new bar of excellence. In my mind, that is essentially yeah. what you have. Now, there have been many of those. When the Ford Raptor came out, the original Ford Raptor, that was a game changer. Nobody else in the industry built anything quite like that. I think we could say that about several different types of pickup trucks yeah. there. When the Ford Lightning came out, once again, the only other thing that was out there that I think was the game changer was the Rivian, the R1T, because at the time nobody else was doing a real production pickup truck. Yeah, I guess you could say that's GNC. electrified, yeah. right? But for the most part, that was a game changer. So I mean, that's what we're referring to—something that just absolutely slams in the face and slams you in the face, I should say, yeah. and completely changes your perspective on what can be done. And they also said, okay, we're going to rethink what a pickup truck can be or will be, mm -hmm. and we're going to completely crush everybody else with what our pickup truck can do. Okay, I have several issues. So over I love the next, it when you get mad. Go over, over the next 30 minutes yes. or so, we will discuss these issues. Yes, we will. Okay, so, so maybe two years. If this truck launched two years ago, uh, I think it could have been a game changer. I would agree 100%. Yeah. But now we've moved on. But what really what Elon Musk did, which he's been known to do, is actually pushing the industry, which is a great thing. I'm not going to criticize him for this. He really pushed the industry. And I think that's why the Lightning exists. Oh, without a doubt. And that's why the Chevy Silverado EV exists. And the Hummer exists. I think that's right? exactly... Actually, the Hummer is the, the example I would take. Yeah. And, and part of the thing that you have to keep, keep in mind is that early on... We're talking 2019, I think, is around the time that he came out and was starting to talk about this thing. Yes, yes. Um, at that time, nobody really had an answer for this. I mean, they were talking about it in, in, in a vague sense, but nobody really had anything that was out there that we knew about. So when this came along, everybody started scrambling. And just like we say with pricing and with overall capability, the boats float as the water goes up and they all maintain the same level. So you have to do that or you sink. Yeah. And so these other automakers or truck makers, they had to find a way to challenge this. Because look, at the time, Musk was on fire. He still is, you know, the, uh, Tesla was on fire. Yeah. And in many ways, they are still on fire. I mean, we're not even trying to joke the best-selling vehicle in the world is actually the Model Y. Yep. 
and I'm talking about China included in mm -hmm. Europe and Asia. Yeah, you know, so that's not small feat. I mean, that's a big feat. No, no. And okay, to, and to be and to challenge everybody is remarkable. Okay, so all right, so let's say what was it, what is disappointing about the cyber truck, mm -hmm. and I'm using quotes when I say that. <laughs> um, so Elon promised in their tri-motor, so three-motor configuration, all-wheel drive version of this. That vehicle. is two motors in the back and one in the front. Correct. He well, initially promised 14,000 pounds of maximum towing. And I have here Exhibit A. I have a presentation that Elon is doing in November of 2019. And on the screen behind him, it says 14,000 pounds. So uh, that would have been game-changing. Yes. Right, because really this is a profile of a half-ton pickup truck, so not a heavy-duty mm -hmm. uh, profile and footprint of a half-ton pickup towing 14,000 pounds. Now, yesterday, mm -hmm. they said, oh, by the way, it'll tow up to 11,000 pounds, which the Rivian can do. Mm -hmm. We've tested it on the iGauntlet several times, actually. Right. Uh, Lightning is not far away at 10,000 pounds. Silverado EV? Silverado EV is between 10,000 pounds and 12,500 pounds, yeah. which is quite not on sale yet, but it's on the cusp, yeah, yeah. right? So 11,000 pounds is no longer game-changing. Yes. Other people are already doing it and doing it quite well. That is correct. I mean, and was it like two tons less than, or was it, two, 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 yeah, two tons less than they said it was going to be. Almost, That's, that's yeah. a significant amount. Yeah. All right, but what else is there? So so that's, that's one disappointment, yes. right? So I can really classify that as a disappointment. Indeed. Because you want to over-deliver, not under deliver, right? Yes. So you want to under promise and over deliver. Of course, that's that's the mantra that we at TFL live by, right? We try to, uh, at least we try to. So now, um, <coughs> how about we talk about the next thing that pickup truck people care about is payload. 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 Mm -hmm. Uh huh. So what did Elon promise us four years ago? I can show you. Yeah, please do. Uh, I can show you. Um, so like thirty five hundred pounds. Uh, yes. Yes. Where is that number now? A lot. A thousand pounds less or yeah, more? Yeah, tw 2,500 pounds now. Uh, Which uh, is com so, comparable to many other trucks. Am I correct? Yes. Yeah, so here, this this little column, yep, this yep, is yep. from four years ago. Um, he said up to 3,500 pounds of payload. Once again, would have been game changing yeah. for, a for a vehicle the, uh, with a footprint of a half ton, right? <coughs> Agreed. Now, it's 2,500 pounds. Actually, in the vacuum, 2,500 pounds for this vehicle is really great. Yeah, that's a fantastic number. Right. But? But it's not what they promised. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. And it's, no, it's, it's competitive, but it's not leading the competition. All right. So it's way better, actually, than the Silverado EV. Um, it's, but, it's quite a bit better than the Rivian. Yeah. It's close to the best Lightning number. Um, still a little bit better than that. It's better than the Hummer EV. So actually, a lot of those numbers it is, are great. So it is but leading. in the ice was, world, uh, in, yeah. the, in the ice oh, world, 2,500 pounds, yes, it's pushing like the Ram 1500 or Silverado 1500 or our F-150 areas, but it's in the same neighborhood. Mm -hmm. So it's not groundbreaking. Okay. So let's continue because there's other numbers. And I yeah. apologize for, for saying that it, it, it was not competitive. It is competitive. What I meant to say was not with the ICE vehicles. Yeah, with the ICE vehicles because uh, we also have to compare it to the ICE vehicles because he, Elon Musk and Tesla are calling out ICE vehicles. Well, you especially know. in the early days when he was doing a tug of war with a Ford F-150. Exactly. And yeah. they took a sledgehammer to the F-150 door. And then in this debut, just this, you know, this week, 
they also called out for it. They did a tractor pull against the Lightning, against the Super Duty, against the Rivian. So they're still calling out Ford. Yeah. So it's very clear. It's obvious that they're aiming for yeah. Ford. Yeah. Which is really the best-selling nameplate in the Well, it, yeah, it has to be the benchmark yeah. In, yeah. in terms of sales. Which yeah. is fine. They should call them out, right? I would agree, as okay. long as they have something that can actually legitimately it's, go against and, them. With. And the other, you know, the pickup truck in me, guy in me, says, what about gross vehicle weight ratings? You know, yeah. I, I, they did not publish those. So I really want to see the granular data. And, you know, he kept calling it a car in his presentation. So I'm not picking up a lot of literally really truck jargon, you know, from Elon. What's your guesstimate to its weight? Oh, actually, we, we they did say that. Ah. They did say the, so Elon, so they did not initially state the uh, curb weight. No, they didn't. That's um, why no, I didn't know. No. Yeah. Uh, but, um, and they didn't state the battery size either. But they published about 68 to 6,900 pounds of curb weight, which is actually amazingly light. That is very really surprising. For an electric. I thought it would be close to 8,000 pounds. Exactly. Because currently the Silverado EV work truck that we tested, right? It uh -huh. was a 4WT, which is the biggest battery Silverado EV. Right. That truck was about 8,500 pounds of, right. of, of weight, partially in a large part due to the big battery, right? Mm -hmm. So that, that battery is about 212 kilowatt hours. Tesla did not state the size of the battery, but uh, Marquez Brownlee did a review of the Cybertruck. You and I both watched it. Yes, we did. Uh, and he stated the battery size at 123. Interesting. Which is way, actually, smaller than the Lightning, mm -hmm. smaller than the Rivian by a little bit, because those are about 134 kilowatt hours, but way smaller than the Silverado. Well, that leads right into our next point, which is range. Because yes. what does that mean? Well, so this is kind of where Tesla, I think, is pretty strong mm -hmm. because efficiency is kind of their forte. It really is, yeah. Um, and I'm going to compliment them on this. Uh, but once again, sort of disappointments. Um, it is over. It's like 320 miles on their most efficient model. Am I correct? 340 uh, that's what they said okay. uh, between 300, 320, and 340. Those are the three numbers they stated for three different versions of this truck. Yeah, but... Well, three, four... They promised up to 500 That's plus. exactly it, yes. They, 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 they promised a lot more. So, so uh, uh, they have, they have a, they, did you see their solution to this? So their solution to this was... Um, so 340 miles estimated range. That's mm -hmm. according to Tesla. By the way, we TFL Studios have owned four Teslas in the last several years. Yeah, we, we had a Model X, we had a Model 3, Model Y, and another Model 3. Yeah. Um, we've never seen what Tesla was promising in the real world. That just is true. according to us. That's just so we're really struggling. They so, still test more efficient than a majority of the vehicles they go up against, to be fair? Yes. So the, the, the core efficiency, like miles per kilowatt hour, is still really great. Yes. But the total range numbers don't quite match up. Exactly. Okay. So 340 miles by itself, well, it's just a little bit better than the Lightning, okay? Now the maximum battery Rivian will be over 400 miles. The Silverado EV is at 450. So this 340 doesn't look like much. Especially compared to what they promised. Exactly. They have a solution. They said there'll be a range-extending version of it. And what do we think of when we say range-extending? There's no way they're going to put a gas engine in there. No, it's not. 
It's an additional battery. Okay, one more battery. Uh, but okay. do you know where it goes? Pro I, I think I do. Yes. Okay, so there's a storage tray in there? Uh, well, there is a storage trunk in the bed. Yeah, yeah. Which is like a ridge line. Yeah, or, or, or even like my it, little truck. And, and it's, it's kind of cool because it can hold quite a bit of gear, um, duffel bags, whatnot. Mm -hmm. That's probably the one spot that they could put it in. Uh, yeah, that's not big enough. It's not big enough? No. They're going to put it in the bed? They take, They said it's an optional feature. You It will take almost half the bed to have this range-extending battery to shove to shove in there. What? So what's the perp what's the point? I don't know. And even even with this big uh, giant box in your bed which is an additional battery, it'll have up to 470 miles of range. So still not the 500 that uh, they promised. Okay, but that's close. It's still okay. For those of you who are listening and not watching this, what Andre's showing is an image of the bed. This is from Tesla and they have this huge block in the bed that's taking up Easily a third of the bed. Maybe a little bit more. Yeah. Maybe a little bit more. And that is the battery that he is referring to. I thought it would go into a little storage compartment. and kind of makes sense, right? Right. But I guess there's not enough room. So they decided to do this. Um, and, okay, so then you have a bed that's what? Three feet long? Yes. So it starts with a six feet bed. By the way, Marquez Brownlee used a measuring tape, which I loved. I, I loved I was very world, happy that he did that. Yeah, real world measurements. It was which, a really good review, to be honest yes, with you. Yes, actually. And he said the bottom of the floor was about six feet. Mm -hmm. You know, if you put the measuring tape on the bottom. But it the, the cap slopes mm -hmm. a little bit towards you yep. when you're standing behind the truck. So actually, if you're putting large items, the top of the bed is actually shorter than six feet. Right. So in other words, it, it pushes away from some of that cargo capacity. Yeah. Yeah. So, so in pickup truck, guys and gals, we want space, space, space. We're buying a pickup truck for a reason. Yeah. We want to move couches. We want to move things, maybe motorcycles. Well, good luck with a couch if you get the range extender. I mean, you're going to have to have the tailgate down for a small couch, for a love seat. <laughs> yes. I just, that, that really, that chaps my high. Oh, okay. Okay. So let me take a breath. Okay. Okay, what's next? Oh, uh, well, charging speed. Okay. Um, so Tesla has the most reliable and the best network charging network. Without a doubt. In North America, period. But I, was, I saw the 250 kilowatt charge speeds, right? And I was a little let down. So that's the number they initially promised. Okay. So I'm not, I can't be mad. Okay. But... When they unveiled the semi-truck, the Tesla Semi. Yeah, I remember that. Right? Remember, they showed different connectors mm -hmm. and up to megawatt of charging. Mm -hmm. So there were 1,000 kilowatts. Yeah. Uh, so I was – and then there was a little asterisk when they talked about the semi-truck. And they said, could be also for a Cybertruck. I never saw that. And I, th I thought to myself, whoa, this would be game-changing. If a Cybertruck could charge at 1,000 kilowatts or, you know, if the network – if the charging grid would support that's the thing if it would even support it but yeah. you you would be filled in minutes yeah which wow. would be game changing yeah that would be right there with the yeah. gas pump but, thing but it's that, not yet yeah, so yeah, that's obviously. so that's what is it charging at 250 which is less than potential speed of the Silverado EV which is 350 right uh, which is on par with the Rivian and kind of on par with the Lightning right but of course Lightning all the manufacturers are trying to switch now to the Tesla charging standard right, right. and ACS so there's a whole other thing going on here, right? Um, but a couple of good things. Can I mention a couple of good things about charging infrastructure? Yes, please do. So 
Tesla did something interesting. So they, they moved from 400 volt system to 800 volts, which by, by raising the voltage in the vehicle, right, um, it makes a lot of things better, right? You can have less current because your voltage is higher. Yeah. That's less heat. You know, you could be more efficient, all the goodness, including charging, right? And so it could support up above 250 in the future. So that's good. You know, every vehicle right now has a 12-volt system, mm -hmm. right? Even the Hummer EV does. Yeah, yeah. Even the Silverado EV has a 12-volt system. They said nay. They said 48-volt system will be the core system. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't yeah, know that. Yeah, okay. so, so they're completely going away with 12 volts. So why would this be done? I was um, with um, an event a few months ago, maybe a year ago, with a semi-truck manufacturer. Mm -hmm. And they were also switching to 48 volts because they have larger components. Was this Nikola? No, it was, it was uh, I think it was related to Magna. Okay. So some of the components they're working on for semi-trucks. Gotcha. And why do you need to raise your voltage for the base system? Well, semi-trucks have giant steering racks, you know, big tires, heavy loads, yeah. heavy weights. And, you know, to just to do the lane centering and, uh, you know, to help you steer, uh, you need higher voltages for those motors. Yeah, because those motors are twice the size, basically, of a regular or motor. And they're hauling heavier weights, exactly, right? They're yeah. moving heavier tires. And they're required yeah. to work on large. So that's load. one of the reasons why right, you right. would want to bump up your voltages. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. But <clears throat> how would that work? Like, wh what if the battery system, the 48-volt battery, goes down? How can you jump it? Like, because I can't drive up to it in my F-150 or whatever, regular vehicle. Sure. So I don't even know how that was, was going to work. Mm -hmm. So I, that's... I'm, I'm curious about that myself. Yeah. <laughs> so, so we don't know. But, but I think... So this is, this is one way they're pushing the envelope, right? So they're pushing it, and I'm kind of happy they're doing it, but... I don't know for a regular pickup truck guy or gal, how is it going to play out, right? That is unusual. But they one thing about Tesla, I'll give them a lot of credit, is that in terms of charging and the idea behind charging, how it works, infrastructure and their vehicles, they've been ahead of the game from day one. And I, I think that this may be something that they foresee will be, you know, worthwhile. Mm -hmm. we'll, we'll see. We'll see. We, we honestly don't know. I, I could see other manufacturers switching to that. Possibly. Right? Um, I know, like, for example, buses, you know, I considered buying a Prevo, mm -hmm. giant uh, bus. He wanted to convert uh, it into a motorhome. Yeah. That has a 24-volt system. Mm. So some of the bigger vehicles, uh, buses, even existing buses, mm -hmm. not new buses, um, have different voltages. Some military vehicles, yeah. you know, have Actually, different... Actually, quite a few. Yeah. And, and it, it all goes down to having to work with heavier-duty components that, that require just more power. So the fact that they're switching to this, I think, is industry-leading. Mm -hmm. So I want to compliment them on this. Okay. Let's uh, let's continue because uh, we got a lot more to talk about. Um, so I have an issue with this. Um, lack of door handles and a small frunk. Okay. In order to get inside this 
vehicle, this car or truck, whatever you want to call it, mm -hmm. there are two push pads on each side, uh, one for each door. So it's a, a rectangle. And what you do is you give it a push with your thumb or whatever, and then it has a servo that actuates inside the door that sh opens the door up a little bit for you. Once that happens, then there is a spot where you can grab and pull the door open. It's actually next to the glass, although it doesn't really look like it's meant for that, but that's actually what it's supposed to be. Okay, sure. Fair enough, right? Okay. Uh, but there are so many environmental issues that could actually call that bad. So let's just discuss a little bit of this. So we film a lot of videos with our friend David, mm -hmm. right? Um, he owns a range. Yes. We also own a range at TFL. We do indeed. Um, but David really owns a range. I mean, he's got yaks, he's got different things, he's got, he's moving hay, hay. around. So, first of all, and also in Colorado, mm -hmm. cold temperatures, ice? Snow. Snow. So what happens when these push buttons get frozen over or covered with snow and ice? That's one issue. Mm -hmm. What if you're hauling hay and you know, you have gloves on or you have dirt and mud, you know, from moving wood. Goo. Goo. And you're trying to touch this little button and you can't do it. Now, now Tesla officially says that it can, up to one inch of ice can be accumulated upon the door and it'll still be able to be opened. Okay. But but we haven't tested that. Right. They we said have, that. I want to, I, I really want to see that in action. Uh, so that's the first issue. Um it's interesting because I want to add to this one more thing when we're done with the... Uh, sure. I, I wanted to mention small frunk. Yes, let's... Also, uh, yeah, please. because it does, does have a, a little cargo space in the front, mm -hmm. like most electric vehicles now do. But it's about seven to eight cubic feet. They actually didn't state the exact number, but Marquez Brownlee put two carry-ons in the front of it. He had to rearrange them several times yeah. in order to close the frunk. Yeah. Um, I would imagine it could probably hold a decent-sized golf bag, and that's it. Yeah. Wouldn't you say that? Yeah. That's about that, sure. and maybe that's what they wanted it to do. Okay, um, that's but others have bigger. Uh, oh, yes. Ford's frunk is fourteen cubic feet, almost twice that size. We can fold up Roman and put him in there. I think we've put Tommy inside of there. Well, once. we can put Tommy anywhere. Yeah. He folds up like a you know, grasshopper. The thing is, is that um, a lot of you guys, and I think I'm with you on this, are thinking, well, you know, why not have a really big cargo area up front because all your power and your motors and everything they're down below. Why not have this space? And I would agree with you. So it seems like it doesn't really provide the amount of space that I think many of us want. Well, you know what would have been game changing here? Mm -hmm. If there was a passage from the yes, front a pass into the cab. Imagine that. And then from the cab to the bed, you could hold things that are like a telephone pole going yeah. through the vehicle. Which, Bollinger. By the way, Bollinger, Bollinger, well, tried to show. But they're not on sale. They're not on sale. But, but that's the concept, right? Exactly. And there's other people who've sort of hinted about doing that who haven't done that either, Ram. Um, but, but this plays into that. What about seeing outside the vehicle as you're driving? Well, what about that? Okay. So if you are driving the vehicle in, I don't know, car mode, or if you want to call it that, there is a tonneau cover. It's a hard tonneau cover that goes up and completely covers the bed. Now, here's the cool part. That tonneau cover is strong. It could hold up to about 300 pounds of weight, I believe. And so it'll guard whatever's in there. You know, you can leave it, and, and, and it's good protection. Then, when you retract it, it slides down behind the bulkhead. And it's powered. And it's powered. Yes. And it slides behind the, uh, the bulkhead for the rear passengers out of the way, which all that is cool, I think. Great, if it works. <laughs> if it works. Okay, okay. Because it's all, it's all sure. automated. Sure. Here's the deal. Mm -hmm. 
you do have a rear window. It's a very small one, but you do have one. It's completely useless to use if you have the tonneau cover in its up position. You look over your shoulder, you're gonna see nothing but black because it's completely covered. So in order to see out of that rear window, you have to lower the tonneau cover completely. And uh, that's sort of a menu, it really bothers me personally because yes, you have cameras. I know guys, I know that these cameras are quite good nowadays, but being able to actually look out of something that's not obscured by snow or something like that and look out of a window, I think is really important in a truck. Yeah, specifically because potentially your vehicle is heavy. You mm -hmm. could be towing something heavy. Or hauling something. Oh, yeah, so you need to be aware of all those elements. I so agree. I, to I totally agree with you. So they did say that, uh, well, first of all, there could be a center mirror or maybe there could not be one. So because of the Marquesas review, there wasn't one. Yeah, that's correct. Um, some of their images show a central rear view mirror inside the cab, mm -hmm. uh, but it's not a camera-based system. So they do have a camera on the back of the truck, and that image is projected in their center screen, the infotainment screen in Correct. the center. So your eyes have to come down, look at that image on the screen, and you can see behind your vehicle. But over the last 100 years, we've been looking up at our mirror. Yes. So we have to retrain everybody now yeah. to, uh, to look down. Plus, Focus. My eyes are getting a little bit older, mm -hmm. um, and I have trouble focusing on you know far away versus and switching that focus instantaneously. It's difficult for me. I agree 100. percent And there's one more component to this: side view mirrors. Now, I know that in order to have a vehicle go through the DOT requirements in the United States, at least you have to have physical mirrors on the side. And this and, does. It does. Yeah, yeah. Tesla fought against it because they wanted cameras. I get it. Because aerodynamics, right? Aerodynamics and, and the cool factor. And they still had the cameras, by the way. But they put on mirrors, be, you know, in order to, you know, say, okay, yeah, we get it. We have to follow the law in order to build this thing. Also, they had to put on a windshield wiper. We'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> um, but these mirrors, they don't look good. I mean, forget the aesthetics part. They just look like they're very small. And, and they're triangular once they're again. They're triangular, and I, maybe that's for aero, but the bottom line is when you buy a pickup truck having decent-sized mirrors, whether or not they're being used, which I think they will be used, to be honest with for you. For towing, that's really critical. Exactly. Yes. Exactly my issue. And, and it's also, it seems like aesthetics are somehow winning out over the function. Uh -huh. And when you're, doing, when you're talking about the pickup truck, function should just be the king, right? Right, right. So... That's one item. So, not ideal. No. Uh, also, the tailgate and the bed, um, we mentioned how long it is already. Mm -hmm. And there's a little storage compartment underneath the bed. There's Which a is small, cool. Small area. That's yep. cool. And it's now, uh, Elon called it composite. And then Marquez Brownlee called it bedlined. So I'm not sure which one. Is it composite that's also bedlined, or is it just composite like a Tacoma? Yeah. Or a Tundra would be. So no matter what, it's should be could be dent proof and or tough which is good right it is good the original uh concept of the vehicle when it came out years ago uh it had essentially a stainless steel bed and uh they moved away from that it looked cool but it, it needed to mature and it has so this looks like a very usable bed it has cleats on the sides for tie down it has um pretty good the depth. track system so you can that, move those what, cleats yeah. 
Um, so that's also very important. Yeah, all of that is very, looks very usable. So that I'm, I'm very bravo on that one. Yeah, and also they have uh, onboard power. So the inverter, uh, I b believe they said 9.6 kilowatt from the bed, which kind of matches with the capacity of the Lightning. Mm -hmm. um, and then 11 kilowatts out of the actual socket, the plug socket, right. uh, where you charge the vehicle, could be bi-directional, right? Which I really like. I yes. think that's huge. So as long as you have the right type of converter, you can power a large worksite, a house, stuff, stuff like that. Yeah, so they have that. But once again, not super groundbreaking because others are close to that as well. Or have already done something like yeah. that. Yeah, and we actually, uh, F-150 Hybrid had something similar with a 7.2 kilowatt system that we used two and a half years ago. That's exactly so once again. Yes. Okay, by the way, uh, I, I want to compliment them on their alloy body. They called it, well, it's, it is stainless steel, but it's their own alloy metal that mm -hmm. they kind of created themselves mm -hmm. for the Tesla Cybertruck because they're saying it's dent-proof. Uh, we haven't tested it yet ourselves, but being dent-proof is good for a truck. I would agree. Yeah. Uh, now, you've probably seen some stuff on social media where there have been some social media stars who have taken components and slammed them into this vehicle. Oh, I don't know, like, you know, arrows coming from a bow. Okay. And... It will dent, okay, <laughs> with something that's coming at it at a really high rate of speed that has a very small tent. Or even a bullet potentially could dent it. Exactly. But I think what they're referring to is just small dents, yeah. uh, you know. Well, once again, let's go back to the ranch, mm -hmm. right? Um, David, I was talking to David a month ago, and he was going through his gate. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of the gate, you know, um, the gate shifted and hit the side of his uh, GMC. Right put a big dent in his door. Sure. He's kind of upset about it. The truck is 33 years old, but he didn't want it dented. Yeah. And so, so that could have protected this. Yeah, right? it may have. Yeah. Now, once we haven't tested it, we don't know. We don't we don't fully comprehend what it will actually do at certain angles with denting and whatnot because we even I mean other than Roman going to the initial event, we haven't seen it in person since then. Yes. Now, uh, uh, here's a big one. Uh off-roading it's a big one for truckers yes, it and all uh, people, actually. For recreation. For me. For Nathan. Yes. For recreation, for work, going to a job site, or even going to play. Mm -hmm. uh, Off-roading is really important for a pickup. Agreed. Uh, they have amazing stats. I mean, 17 up to 17.4 inches of ground clearance in extraction mode because it has a height-adjustable suspension. That's bonkers. Yeah, that's but really I'm, good. But I'm questioning some of these numbers. Mm -hmm. And what else? No spare tire. What? There's no spare tire. There's no There's no place for it. And yes, you can buy one and throw it in the yeah. bed, I guess. And they suggested it to using the tie downs to tie it down in the bed. Which is just great when you want to use your bed for something else. Yeah. Um, I don't really understand where their thinking is on this by not having a provision for a donut at the very least. Off-roading is one of the most dangerous places for tires. Uh, Andre and I have personal experience with cutting many tires in yeah. the past. And these tires that they have on there, they're specially made, by the way, the Goodyear's, right? Uh, that are specially made for this truck. They're very unique. Um, and I'm sure they're really stout. They probably have to be to hold a vehicle that's that heavy. But the reality is it's still rubber, and it still can get And hacked. it's based on a 20-inch wheel. Right. So there's not a lot of sidewall. Yeah. I mean, there's some sidewall. This there's is some. basically a 35-inch tall tire mm -hmm. with a 20-inch wheel. So it's it's okay. It's not great. It is okay. I, I, I'm, and I'm not griping about that part. My issue is the fact that if you have an, a problem on the trail, 
and you slice that tire, especially that sidewall, you're stuck. You're stuck until yeah. somebody comes along with another tire and, and replaces it. And if you're in the middle of a forest or a mountain, you know, you may be waiting for a long time. Yeah, it's um, a real issue. And they're not the only ones who pull this, by the way. There are other automakers out there who Hummer, don't. Hummer, Yes. How much do we have to spend to get that damn spare tire and then slap it down into the bed? That was ridiculous, and we hated it. And it and took we half the bed. Yes, exactly. Yeah. It ruined the bed. So, we're, you know, we're not just holding you know, Tesla's feet to the fire on this one. It's whoever pulls this. But the reality is, is that if you're going to go off-road in this vehicle, beware because there's no spare tire. But on the positive side, can I say something positive? Yes, absolutely. Um, Four-wheel steering. Thank you, Tesla. Um, it works great on the Hummer EV that we've tested. We've, we've owned one. Mm -hmm. um, and it's not just for off-roading, everyday driving. Uh, parking, yes. making maneuvers, uh, even with towing, it could be a little bit more stable. Simply making a U-turn on a difficult street. Yeah, or making a U-turn on a very difficult off-road trail. That is correct. Uh, all those things are good. Yes, I, I, I cannot fault them for putting that on that vehicle. I'm thrilled that they did it. I don't know what the, do you know what the, uh, the angle is for the rear uh, wheel? Uh, Marquez said up to 10 degrees. Okay, that's great. That's competitive with Mercedes that does it about yeah. the same. Yeah, and I think Hummer is close to that as mm -hmm. well. So competitive numbers, comp um, the wheelbase is around, I believe, 145 inches, which is very similar to an F-150 yep. uh, wheelbase. So having that large wheelbase and having four-wheel steering will be key um, to actually making this truck easier to operate. Okay, let's get to the, because we, we, we still have more topics to cover here. I know, I, I don't know, I'm still fired up. <laughs> I know you are. Um, let's get to... Is um, it truck or car? Yeah. We've mentioned this several times. Mm -hmm. um, so, and Roman, he's not here on this podcast, nope. but, but he has also an opinion of his own. <laughs> he certainly uh, does. He's calling this the cyber car. Mm. Have you heard this? No, but I'm not surprised. Okay. So... Besides, here's a couple of things. Mm -hmm. Besides the Elon, Elon Musk calling it a car, you know, 19 times during his presentation, and besides Tesla giving this vehicle to some reviewers who are not known for pickup truck reviews Indeed. and towing and off-roading and, and um, that type of thing, mm -hmm. um, just points to the way that this is, this is kind of a large car. Right. Yeah. So that's where it's pointing. I, I actually cracked open a Merriam-Webster last night oh. at midnight. All right. I cracked one open and I looked up a definition of a car and it boils down. There's several definitions, sure. but it boils down to moving people. Mm -hmm. Elevator could be a car. A train car can be a car. A vehicle can be a car if it's moving people. Now, a truck definition is moving freight or stuff. Mm hmm. Of course, a pickup truck combines both. But if you're not calling it a truck, that means you're focused on people, moving people. Okay, that's a really that, good point. That's my that's my that's my view of. Okay, it. I, I'm 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 happy you went into the weeds on that one. <laughs> I will say that um, this is a truck for car people, uh, electric. I should say a, a truck for electric car people. Aha, uh -huh, there. That that's my definition to it because some of the numbers still are quite good, and its capacity. And its overall capability. Oh my God, 2,500 pounds. Yeah. All yes. of that is quite good. Um, we don't know how any of that will affect range. Of course, one of these days we'll, we will test one at some point in time. But I think that a lot of truck people demand different things in a truck per se. But a lot of car people out there that have always wanted a truck and they're EV types, this might be the direction they want to go. Um, and I, I want to say something else to go on record. As much as I'm not a huge fan of the exterior design, I do like the very front of the vehicle when you look straight at it. I like the front light 
the bar that goes uh -huh. across yeah. the entire front of it. I think that's a good thing. And I also Actually, like the interior. Actually, it's trendy also. Yeah, exactly, because yeah. Hyundai's doing it with some yeah. of the components. Hyundai's the doing it. You know, the Lightning, the premium version of the Lightning has that. Yep. The uh, Rivian has something similar where the light comes Exactly, across. and I do like that uh, design part. Uh -huh. But it's the interior that I, I like, but I also have an issue with that massive front windshield. Yeah, and the, and the windshield and the windshield wiper that has to come with it, and it's a single wiper, it, which is the largest one put on a production vehicle. Yeah, of any kind. Of any kind, as far yeah. as I know. Yeah, and it's the largest wiper and the largest windscreen, uh, and it's also supposed to be rock proof, or <laughs> some sort of hail proof. So, can I say a couple things? Yes. Um, so our friends at Jeep, mm -hmm. they have something called Gorilla Glass. They had to do that. Well, yeah, so the, the, the Jeep windshield is almost vertical. Right? Yeah, it's almost flat. Which is fine. We love Jeeps, mm -hmm. uh, as you know. Um, but Gorilla Glass is supposed to be preventing, you know, some of the chipping from, you know, I don't know, Colorado driving. Which, which well, we have a lot of rocks here. Uh, my Sand. windshield right now is, is broken because of a rock. Yeah. Yeah. But Gorilla Glass is only good to a point. Mm -hmm. It's still a piece of glass that's a little bit tougher, mm -hmm. and it's still cracked, and it still breaks. Yes. So we need to test this. I mean, they say it's rock proof, mm -hmm. but to what extent? I want to test it. Well, if I only knew of a former MMA fighter who likes shooting a bow and arrow type thing at a Tesla who decides to shoot it at the front of it instead, then we uh, would be able to go further. Well, so Franz, the designer, chief designer at Tesla, yeah. threw a baseball at the side glass, but he's not necessarily a pitcher. Yeah, when they he's, did that with the pitcher last time, it didn't go well. Uh, well, Franz, yeah, so he couldn't put a lot of heat behind this ball. Mm -hmm. And also, he threw it at the side glass, not the front glass. Yeah. I want something thrown, something serious thrown at the front glass. That is, I mean, think about it's the entire front end of the vehicle, pretty much, that represents the, where the front glass is. And the other issue is from the inside, um, it, it, I think it looks like it might be cool to look out of, but the sun visors don't cover the entire front upper section of the windshield. When they come down, you still have a slot where sunlight can get through. Now, I'm sure they probably looked at that and said, okay, we can still cover your eyes so you don't get blinded. But it's an unusual tactic, and I'm curious to see how it works in practice. Yes. Now, finally, the top 10 is over oh, with yes. this. It's price. Dude. Price. Okay. Um, to Tesla's defense, when they announced $39,900 in November of 2019, this was before the pandemic. Yep. And this was before many, many other things have happened. Indeed. Uh, in our world. But you and I have been looking at this price, $39,900. And they also stated some other prices like $49,99 and $59,99 right. for some of the higher end versions. Oh, boy, were, were we wrong. We were way off. Uh, Tesla was off. Well, yeah. Yes. Uh, let me show you another image of what's happening right now on Tesla's website, which is the price. And oh, no, that's Roman and Tommy. I don't want to see that. I so he's clicking that. through images right now. Um, Frantically. He'll get there. Um, here, here we go. So if you click order now on the Tesla website, it takes you to a page where you can order one. Mm -hmm. And it says purchase price starting, well, we can't even talk about starting price because this truck, the rear-wheel drive only, will be available in 2025. Yeah. So it's still over a year away. That's correct. But the starting price is $60,990. Yeah. 
So this is really 20K, over $20,000 more, almost 50% more than they promised four years ago. Tell them how much the all-wheel drive one goes for. 79,990, which by the way, as expensive as that is, matches the Silverado EV work truck. And I have no problem with that. I My only issue is the fact that they once again did not come close to what they were promising. And of course, the Cyber Beast, the triple motor one, mm-hmm. you know, the quickest one that, you know, could win a lot of drag races. Possibly. 99,990, basically 100K, which in the current world doesn't seem like a lot. I mean, you and I just tested two $100,000 trucks, yeah. which were diesel. But off the promise. Yeah. I Hugely off the promise. And this is the part where you guys, especially those of you who are watching or listening, who have laid down some money in order to get one of these, I want to know what you think. Now, personally speaking, I was expecting a bit of a price hike. I think everybody was at some point. Oh, yeah. Time, right? I mean, yes. let's be logical about this, right? I, and I can't fault Tesla for that. I do think that it's uh, going way over what I was anticipating. I figured that they would do a $10,000 increase, to be honest with you. That was what I was assuming just in the back of my mind. So obviously I was wrong. And it's a painful thing to see for those of you guys who are touting Tesla's going to undercut the industry. No, but they are still managing to at least stay competitive. I was also concerned that they would go way over the industry. And they did not Mm -hmm. uh, because the fanciest Lightning, the F-150 Lightning, uh, remember they had this black version of it yeah um, and it was a platinum black with every um, possible it was 96 feature. 9 mm-hmm. which so is really actually is within spitting within 3000 of this yeah so so this is not out of this world but it still breaks the promise that they that they initially made exactly um so those are the disappointing things the top 10 disappointing things about the Cybertruck. once again we really want to put it to the test actually in the real world for ourselves i think people are afraid that once we put it on the ike gauntlet which is on very first thing Andre is probably going to do with it. Uh, it. It may not do as well as perhaps some of the competition. Or maybe it's going to be awesome. It might be awesome. So for those of you who get your hands on one of these, especially the you early adopters, let us know yeah. if you're interested in... And of course we have reservations, but... For like 40000 Yeah, we're not near the front. Nowhere near. Um, and also, I spoke to one of my friends last night. Mm-hmm. Um, he, has, he owns two Rivians, mm-hmm. and he has um, one reservation for the Cybertruck. And I asked him, I said, I got to know, did this presentation, you know, uh, we watched all of this, yes. right? Did this presentation make you run out and trade your Rivian in R1T immediately on the Cybertruck? And he said, no. So, so uh, you know, this gentleman has the means to, yeah. to purchase whatever he wants. Yes. And the, what he saw, the specs he saw and the information he saw does not make him pull the trigger on the Cybertruck. And that says something. You are indeed correct. Now, for those of you who are watching and listening, uh, let us know in the comments below whether or not this is something that you would want to buy if you had a reservation, if you're going to stick with that reservation, if you're angry, or if you, it, uh, on the other side, if you're thrilled with this vehicle and you want to compliment it, please, all comments, send them down below. Try to keep them clean. Apparently to uh, a guy named Isaac, I'm not very clean, so I'm going to try to be cleaner. Yeah, we're, we're family-friendly. We're trying to We be. don't swear. Ever. We wanted to swear, but we don't. Not one damn time during this no. broadcast Ooh. so far. Ooh. You're that. pushing the yeah, limits. I, I tend to. Okay, right. let's move on to Toyota, shall we, real quick. Uh, we already burned a lot of this program just, just on Cybertruck. 
And we so, have a lot of other, uh, real quick, yeah. Cybertruck information also available on our TFL EV site, and you can go to alltfl.com to check that out. Yes, and of course, you can talk to us at patreon.com slash tflcar, which is our only Patreon page. Thanks. By the way, that, none of that is required. We don't require donations. <laughs> it's just something you could help us with. That's right. This week was the embargo uh, on the driving impressions of the new Tacoma, the 2024 next-gen Tacoma. So on Tuesday, there were one bazillion videos, reviews, including ours. Including ours. Uh, on the new Tacoma, and we've published several videos, four of them, in I fact. I think we have the most videos. The, 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 well, Not yes. the views, just the amount of, <laughs> not views, but the, so, amount, the most amount of videos actually shot and produced and, and showing th right that's now. That's what TFL is known for. We're yeah. known for quantity. <laughs> We, and some quality, a little, little bit of quality. A little bit of quality, yeah. but mostly quantity. Yeah, exactly. No, no, no. But I really wanted to separate our Tacoma coverage by either trim or what we can do with it, because I did the most affordable Tacoma. Which was, I think, the best video out there. Yeah, because we care awesome about value. You know? yeah. Even though they raised the price of the Tacoma compared to the old one by about 3K. 34000 uh, the one I drove was about $35,000 with a four-wheel drive. That's like the cheapest four-wheel drive Tacoma you can buy. Right, and that is a two-passenger Tacoma, even though it yeah. has sort of like an extra cab on it. It's, it's, it's not. It's not a king cab or anything like that. Right. And I wanted to bring up something, but I'll do it after you start. Well, no, no I just wanted to give an overview of what it is. Um, I really enjoy driving it. I think the power is way better than it ever was before mm -hmm. with the older V6 engine. So now it's a turbocharged four-cylinder engine. Exactly. And this is not a full review because you could go and watch all those reviews. Exactly. But I wanted to point out one thing, and we can go to your comment, mm -hmm. um, that at the event in California where a lot of these trucks were tested, uh, Toyota did not provide any trailers, mm. and they did not provide any payloads we could stick in the bed. So we couldn't really, once again, is it a car or is it a truck? This is not the first time they've done that either. Well, really, uh, I can't remember everything. I think you and I did the previous generation Tacoma debut yeah. in Tacoma, Washington. That's correct. That was years ago. And, and I don't think we told either. There was no towing. There's no real payload thing going on either. So this is maybe what Toyota does. Um, but um, it is a lifestyle truck. Mm -hmm. No question about it. They know this. Uh, they improved the payload by a little bit, by about 150 pounds, give and take on okay. trim levels. And they, they did not improve towing. They actually subtracted from the towing. And the base model only pulls 3,500 pounds. Am I correct? Yeah. That's, that's, that's not great. No. No. Uh, but here's the cool part. Uh, and this is really important. First of all, I'm, I'm thrilled that Toyota's doing a new powertrain. It's just exciting for us because we get to play and experiment and see what they can do. But they still maintain a manual transmission option, which is becoming less and less prevalent. As a matter of fact, the only other automaker, truck maker, I should say, that does that is Jeep. Nobody else in the industry is right now offering a mid-size pickup truck with a manual transmission option. The Cybertruck doesn't have a manual. No, it doesn't, does it? No. Damn it, Elon. I'm just kidding, <laughs> kidding. Gosh, guys. Um, but I wanted to point out something before we go much further. Now, many of you probably think, what competes with this truck? I mean, it's, it's, it is the sales leader probably will maintain that, if not grow from there. But there is this one truck called the Nissan Frontier. Hmm. And I wanted to point out something because I actually did a story. You'll be able to see it uh, by the time you hear this probably on uh, tflcar.com or all TFL. Um, and I do a post and every week. And my post this time, someone was asking me about this truck and wanted to know about the least expensive four-wheel drive truck they can get their hands on. Uh-huh. Well, guess what? 
Is it the Frontier? Is it real? Uh, yeah. Not only that, but the Frontier gives you a standard V6 and standard 9-speed automatic transmission. In addition, unlike the Toyota, and I'm not trying to put Toyota down, but this is the reality. This is just me being honest. The Toyota has that extra cab looking component, but it's not an extra cab. It's a storage area. It's cool, but you see Nissan has two little seats back there. And those seats can be used by human beings, small ones at that, okay. but they can be used. So don't discount Nissan, right? No, no, no. Um, the thing is, is that Toyota can give you the manual transmission and turbocharged engine and some other stuff too. So, you know, look at that. But definitely that is the vehicle to compare it with this one. And it appears to come in at a lower price. And also one of our viewers sent us a peculiar spy image of what appeared to be a covered yes. up prototype of a Nissan Frontier. I don't know. I mean, it just came out like a year and a half ago or whatever. Well, 2022 was the model year. With well, the uh, model year. but And now we're in 2024, so technically we're about two years away. But still, Nissan doesn't usually refresh their trucks that often. No. So this could be a number of things. It could be anything from a plug-in hybrid, which I sincerely doubt. Different powertrain somehow. Or, or, yes, or some sort of special edition we haven't seen yet. And I think that they're moving towards maybe making a super off-road version of that truck, so which we'll, is possible. We'll have to wait and see. We'll Honestly, have to wait and see. this is a crazy important segment as well, mm -hmm. because the Ranger, well, it was delayed by the strike here, but uh, the Ranger, the new one is coming. Yes, it is. Um, and... Of course, the Chevy Colorado and GMC Canyon. We Just can't, came out. We can't ignore that. No, we can't, especially um, because you bought one. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, of course, Jeep is still there. I mean, the Gladiator is still around. The Gladiator is still there. Uh, it's hurting right now in sales, which, by the way, is a good thing for you people who want to go out and buy them. I'm hearing stories of below MSRP in some cases. Yeah. So keep that in mind. So there you go. But the story is not over. We still have to get the Tacoma here to Colorado. We have to tow with it because, you know, people want to pick up to do everything, right? So right. we have to tow with it. We have to put maybe payloads into it. We have to take it on efficiency runs because, you know, they claim some big numbers, you know, good efficiency numbers. We have to test it. Now, for those of you who do not know, the Toyota Tacoma now has, I believe, three different powertrains. Am I correct? Three different levels, And yeah. two different transmissions. Yes. Uh, including a hybrid, which unfortunately... We haven't had an opportunity to try uh, it. It's not on sale yet. That yeah, comes yeah, later. Yeah. So everything that Andre's tested so far has been two different turbocharged four-cylinder engines and two different transmissions. Am I correct? Exactly. Yes. And by the way, the engine is mostly the same. It's the power level that keeps changing. And there's a little bit, you know, work. Well, I thought there was some hardware that there was different. Work truck, the SR Tacoma, yeah. has a little bit different hardware. But the base block is still the same. So it's not like different engines. It's, it's mostly slightly different variations of the same engine. Now, currently we have four videos, am I correct? Four yeah, videos yeah. with the Tacoma, and there'll probably be a couple more between the time you hear this and the time we've recorded it. There you go. Um, because Andre's on top of it, and we're quite serious about acquiring one as soon as humanly possible. We like to be first as often as possible, and that's also because we tend to do more testing than a majority of the guys we compete against, and I'm not even doing this out of pride, but the reality is is that we do have a place to test it for, of course, the iGauntlet, and we have a variety of different types of MPG loops and off-road areas and you yeah. name it. And our range, too, for off-roading as well. Precisamundo. Yeah. So now, finally, let's wrap up with this before, you know, you turn our show off because it's too long. Um, this Sorry. is huge. Um, the Tahoma. Tahoma? Tahoma. <laughs> wow. You really haven't slept, have you, my friend? I am so uh, sorry. 
the Chevy Tahoe, not the Tahoma, but but the Tahoe and the Suburban have been dominating full-size truck-based SUV sales. I don't know for how many years or decades. They are they are they're, still absolutely killing it, and yeah. especially the Suburban. Uh, that I mean, think about how long that thing has actually been around, even longer than Roman as a nameplate. Yeah. yeah. Um, which is longer than the Roman. I'm, I'm yes. being honest. Yes. Uh, um, so they refreshed them. So what did they do? So um, once again, so Tommy and Roman went out there and they actually saw these things in person. And mm -hmm. uh, a lot of it is cosmetic differences, right? The front end is different. Completely new front end. Uh, the different tail lamps. They now have 24-inch wheels. Jeez. Which is humongous, but that, also that's kind an of optional, a, optional, optional thing. Wheel. But also kind of attractive, I would say. Actually, it's a good-looking yeah, wheel. Yeah. I don't like huge wheels. I don't think they're logical, but at the same time, they look kind of cool. Yeah. And people like big wheels. But um, I was a little disappointed that all powertrains were identical to what there is now, so they didn't do it like any updates on the power levels. But I thought that there was a new powertrain uh, option available. For a Z71. Yes. yes. Okay, so for so, those of you who want to seriously off-road... And you like GM, this is where you go. So here's Tommy. We have an image of Tommy next to... Look at him. He's doing gangster signs. So oh, cute. Oh, wow. No. A little guy. Um, he's standing next to the latest 2025 Chevy Tahoe Z71, which actually you and I tested. But the previous, of course, the current generation. Which that had a 6.2 in it, right? Yeah, the, the big V8. Yeah. But now there's going to be an option next year of a three-liter turbo diesel in, yes. in the off-road vehicle. Which is great because I believe the torque numbers are really close to that of the big V8. And at the same time... Oh, yeah. The efficiency is higher. Mm -hmm. uh, the range. range is longer. Yep. So all the goodness of that. And we've made no secret about the fact that we adore that three-liter diesel that General Motors builds for their half-ton trucks. And, and now these, which is just fantastic. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, you did a Yukon trip with a diesel, and which I, was incredible. I mean, you went like... I went cross-country. Yeah, I went over... 700 it. miles on... Or something on one tank. Or yeah. Something crazy like yeah, that. Yeah, it was, it was, and I wasn't going slow. I was not hypermiling. I don't like doing that. And I drove regular, fast, and it was extremely efficient, very quiet, and it had no problem with getting up to speed. Its torque was great across the band. So, really good engine. But we always question the fact why isn't this in more off road vehicles? Because it's so damn good. And all that torque that comes in at very low RPM, very good for rock crawling. Well, They've answered that question. Yes, but there was one item I want to close on that was underreported. Underreported. And I, f I was eagle-eyed, even though I was tired. <laughs> and I looked at this image from Chevrolet. So they published mm -hmm. this image on the Tahoe and the Suburban, and they have the latest towing technologies. Okay. And look at this. So what's not new is you can monitor, well, actually, it is kind of new. You can monitor the pressure and the temperature of each tire on the trailer, Ooh. which some current pickups do. Yeah. Which is fine. This is not groundbreaking. Well, it goes through the TPMS system, which can be transmitted yeah. to other people. Yeah. And also, so it's picking up the trailer tires as well, not mm -hmm. just the vehicles of tires. Yes, exactly. Not. So, but they have a new graphic that's very large and very you know, prominent uh -huh. in the towing page. But then there's something new I noticed. There's also the age of the tire is actually listed. No kidding. Listed on this image. I so, have never seen anybody do that before. See? It was underreported. Underreported, guys. This is breaking news. You've heard it here first. Exactly. Thank you. Uh, they're calling it trailer tire health, uh, according to General Motors. So trailer tire health, which helps prevent trailer tire blowouts with the trailer tire life monitor. So this is very important. Uh, th there's another way of measuring tire health, trailer tire. 
Are, yeah, go really, really fast until it blows. No, uh, is counting miles. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, uh, for example, Ford is very, very good at this. Mm -hmm. um, and also GM is now doing this too. And I think Ram may be doing this too. Um, where, you know, when you define a trailer in your system, you, yeah. you, whatever, boat, you're towing. It remembers when that trailer is plugged in and you select boat and you name it whatever boat you have. It remembers every mile you've driven with that trailer. So you can judge it. Okay, I've driven 5,000 miles with this trailer. It may be time to check Rotate the, tire. the tires yeah. or whatever. You know. yeah. So that's that's another way of measuring tire health. But JM now, now has you enter the age of the tire. I think that that is remarkably important for those people who are serious about towing. Now, there's a lot of people out there who buy a trailer and don't even bother even seeing whether or not the, the vehicle's been lubed, much less whether or not the tires are up to snuff. And many tires can look good with tread, but they're actually dry rotted or they're cracking or whatever. Mm -hmm. And that can be major hazardous on the road. A lot of people don't get it, and this happened to me. Uh, dragging a trailer around, you're not really paying attention to what the trailer's doing as long as it's staying in its lane. I mean, yeah, yeah, fine, let's just go 75 or whatever until you have a blowout. And then once that happens, if you have a dry rotted or old tire, then you can cause a major traffic incident, if not kill yourself. So having something that says, hey, you know what? This is a really old tire and you're making huge demands of it, not a good idea, that's important. Yeah, because you're probably going fast towards the lake. Exactly. Because I want to go farming. Hell yeah, I want to listen to my music and drink yeah. and do whatever else you kids do at All the right. lake. All right, a couple more items. Um, they have Ford Path Indication now, which is a new feature on the Tahoe Suburban Towing, uh, which actually helps you turning path. You know how you have to swing out wider with a oh, trailer? Sure. Yeah. So they have guidelines on the camera view that uh, will help you with that. So that's something new. Um, also, Boat Ramp Assist, uh, you know, you love watching people on the boat ramp, right? Especially when they fail. Um, it helps you uh, have a checklist with step-by-step -step instructions to prepare how to launch, tow, and retrieve your boat. So if you've never done it before, you can just read it. You just hit it on the head if you've never done it before. Yeah. So that's including, you know, the path that you take when you're going around a corner. You and I know in most cases that you have to square off the angle, right? And, and go a little bit past it in order to make the turn. You learn that over time. But what if it's your first time towing or your second time towing or whatever, and you really need a little coach and you just haven't bothered getting uh, Andre or uh, Mr. Truck? Well, maybe you haven't watched the TFL Truck video. Exactly. So having something that can coach you through boat launch and driving the trailer and parking a trailer, doing all that, that's huge. So I do admire them for doing that. Yes. Well done. And I'm hoping that not only the Tahoe and Suburban and hopefully Silverado and Sierras will also get this feature because it needs to be everywhere. Yeah, I agree. And and if it's a you know important enough feature, you'll see it move throughout other automakers as well. And eventually this will be something that's common, I hope. There you go. So let's end on this. Yes. Long one. And exhale. <sighs> And okay. Gotta get some sleep, my friend. Yes. So thank you for staying up with us, and uh, we'll see you next week. Have a great week, guys. See you later. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward with each new idea, innovation, and partnership. We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Mike Rowe here with a radical idea. If you want to see more companies make more things in this country, 
buy more things from more companies who make things in this country. I refer in this case to the incredible t-shirts, sweatshirts, blue jeans, and more made by my friends at American Giant. Everything American Giant makes is made in the United States. And right now, you can take 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com slash Mike. That's American-Giant.com slash Mike. 